Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Booker's special series titled Nine Women in Nine Minutes. My name is Oresia Nyawade and I will be your host. Our guest today is Farah Fortune, also known as the Pitbull in Heels. Farah, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. It's a bit chilly outside and it, I can't seem to get warm. So I'm sitting here with a jersey like an old lady, like wrapping myself up. But it's, it's good. It's a good day. It's crazy in the streets. Winter surprises us every year. I don't understand why. <laughs> But here, I, you know, I always say this. I was saying to my friend the other day, you know, I, I, I was born here, but I grew up in England. And I, I, like she called me the other day and she was video calling and I was sitting with a hot water bottle and a, a hoodie. Yeah. And she said, I thought you lived in Africa. I said, I thought I lived in Africa too. No, no, no. It's a mad thing. So Farah, um, could you please take a few minutes to just introduce yourself? Like, who are you? What do you do? And who do you do it for? Um, I am first and foremost, a mom to a 16 year old daughter, um, who is really, uh, I guess my mom most of the time. Uh, and then I'm a businesswoman. I have, um, I own an, a public relations agency called African Star Communications. I also um, am a board member and the founding member of um, an NPO called The Pad Run, which provides sanitary pads to young women and girls um, across the country in rural areas, um, townships, and basically places in need. But we also um, run workshops called period pouch workshops. So we educate young men and women um, on menstruation. So we teach them what menstruation is about. And I know people will probably say, oh my goodness, why are you teaching boys about menstruation? Because boys need to know about menstruation. They know nothing. And therefore, is, that's why we have such a stigma around it. Um, I also work a lot within the woman empowerment field, which has been fantastic for me. I've met so many amazing women and had so many opportunities come from it, um, from around the world. So I've been able to travel just working within that field. So it's been great. That's pretty much what I do. Um, I love it. I love it. That's a lot. And that is, it's so authentic. It's so real. And I love that you started with, I'm a mom, you know, because as women, that is some of, that's one of our biggest roles, actually. Yeah. Well, I, I think um, a lot of people, Go ahead. I guess, define themselves through their careers. And, and so do I. But before all of these things, I am a mom. Like every decision I make, whether personal or business, I always have to think how it's going to affect my child first. So I ultimately always think I'm a mom first. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. And I love that you're saying many people, all sexes, including men, need to know about menstrual matters. And that leads me into my question to just find out what is the biggest misconception about women when it comes to menstrual matters? And I think the biggest mis sorry, no, go ahead. Okay, I wanted to finish it and then you can just give me a proper sure. punchline answer. And no problem. So the biggest misconception when it comes to menstrual matters about women, and then how do attitudes need to change in order to accommodate a more inclusive and understanding society? Um, I think the biggest misconceptions that we have is just that women it's not painful. It doesn't affect us. It doesn't, I don't think people realize how menstruation actually affects the economy. 
um, to such a point where, you know, if you cannot go into work, you're not making money because you're actually at home and you're in terrible pain. And, and, and we talk about period poverty and there's so many things that period poverty affects. It's not just not being able to go into work and making money for that day. It's not being able to buy sanitary pads. And so when you're bleeding, you know, you're bleeding out onto your sheets, old pillowcases, pe people out there are using newspapers. So there's so much stigma around it and misconception in terms of how it affects us. I think a lot of people just specifically men just assume that we bleed once a month and it's not painful and it doesn't affect us and we don't feel anything. Yeah. Um, when I, it's, 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 it has such an effect on our mental health as well. And, and, and that is, the, those are the things that really affect us in, in that way. Um, sorry, can you repeat your second, the second part of the question? The, the second part was mainly around how can attitudes, you know, how can, how do attitudes need to change in order to accommodate a more inclusive and understanding society when you're talking about how, you know, our monthly period affects women? Mm -hmm. um, Attitudes need to change because I don't, again, I don't think people realize, people who don't menstruate don't realize how painful it is, how, again, how it affects your mental health, how it affects your body, how it affects your mindset to a point where, you know, sometimes you can't get out of bed. There are women who, have, some women who are, you know, they're God's favorites. They don't affect them. <laughs> they don't get menstrual pain. And that's fantastic. I wish I was one of those women. And then there's other women who are really affects where, you know, it, you cannot get out of bed. It's really painful to walk. It's the backache. It's your boobs being sore. It's, um, it's the nausea, the vomiting, the diarrhea, the, it, all those things affect your mental health. And, and I think those, when you look at, you know, in depth about how menstruation affects us overall. It's amazing when people just sit back and go, I didn't know that. And when, especially when we do the workshops with young boys, they are so fascinated by how these things work, how menstruation products work, how long our periods last, what happens in our bodies. And, it, and it's all due to misconceptions and not being educated on the matter. Um, and especially in, African households. And when I say that, I mean, whether you're Indian, colored, white, black, you know, specifically Africa, I think there's so much stigma around just speaking about menstruation in the household that people, they really don't speak about it. So you have grown men going out into society and getting married and wondering what is happening to my girlfriend? What is happening to my partner? What is happening to my wife? Oh my God. Like I had a conversation with a 27 year old man who's been married for the last two years. They have a little daughter and she's about a year now. Um, and he said that his first experience with menstruation, um, because he comes from such a strict Indian family where they never spoke about what happens to a woman's body. Um, he said he was so surprised at how painful menstruation was for his wife. How, you know, in terms of, how much sanitary pads were the fact that you, you know her asking him to buy some for for her was such a taboo for him at first because he didn't realize he could even buy it and I mean and that's a man at 27 years old and not understanding those little things so we really do need to speak about it in our households and we do need to speak about it to our little girls and boys because that's where it starts with us at home yeah. And, and speaking about it just educates people and they're able to be a lot more kinder 
to yes. us as women during that time. And I know one thing for sure is the, the mood. I might not get the pains, but it really affects my mood. And we don't know what's happening. Like you, people want to say, women are crazy. What's wrong with you guys? And you're like, look, the world, my body is taking over my mind right now and my emotions, and I don't know what to do. So I'm really happy that you are playing in the space, which leads me to my next question and chat with you around the pattern that you're currently running um, for women who don't have economic resources, right? So can you please tell us a little bit more about it and specifically like the impact it's had so far and how sustainable the solution is over time? Okay, so the, the, the pattern started as literally in years ago, um, not necessarily as the pattern. It was just, I got to this point in my life where I was like, I, I can buy my own birthday present. So I want to be able to give on my birthday. So I used to ask people to please buy me toiletry packs with sanitary pads and then a toothbrush, just soap, washcloth. And I would give it away to girls' homes, orphanages um, every year. So I would basically just have these packs and I'd give them away. And then, you know, during the pandemic last year, when the pandemic just started last year, I realized, okay, so all these women who usually go to sanitary pad banks or people who used to donate they're not able to do that now either from an economic point of view or just from a physical point of view not being able to be outside Mm -hmm. um and it really worried me i was like how are women getting sanitary pads i don't understand this so i decided that i was going to use my social media following and ask people to help me raise a hundred thousand rand in order to buy ten thousand sanitary packs to distribute around the country and I was really lucky I was able to do that. And people were so generous. And I realized I needed to make this something more formal because there was a, there's a huge need for it. I mean, there are a lot of NPOs. There are a lot of NPOs that deal with uh, menstruation and menstrual products, but this, there was still a need for more. So I looked up the pad run on, on Cipro and I was like, I love this name. I'm going to take it. I really want to start this NPO. And then I brought my sister-in-law and my best friend on board as board members originally. Um, and we kind of just, you know, went with it and we started running this thing and donating all over the country, raising money as much as we could to basically buy sanitary pads to order in order to donate. I mean, at this point now, um, uh, DJ uh, Spectacular and Naves from Metro FM, Metro FM DJs, but they're also and also um, artists. They have now come on board as as board members, and it's so great because it's so great having male board members on board to speak to young boys about you know we need to understand what's going on and what's happening with menstruation. And they really lend their voice to the cause as well, which is fantastic. Um, So we've been able to basically raise money, distribute sanitary pads around the country. It's made a huge difference. People are always in touch with us. I mean, there's there are people who have food drives who get in touch with us and they're like, we want to put some food packs together, but we want to put sanitary pads in there as well. So we take out of our stock that we have, because as soon as we get donations, we try and buy as many sanitary pads as we can so we can keep donating continuously and people are always coming to us for their communities the community halls the community meetings the the, again the orphanages the homes we also donate uh period pouches um that we have 
it's basically like a little period pouch and uh, we put two packs of sanitary pads in there and a, and a sweet treat and a, and a new um, pair of underwear as well. And then we donate that in our workshops to the boys and girls. So we give it to the boys and we tell the boys, we know we, you can't use this, but your job is to go and give it to somebody who can. Um, so in, in that way, we, we continuously trying to educate, but also donate as much as we can. And I know a lot of people ask, okay, so why don't you use reusable sanitary pads or why don't you use a menstrual cup? Mm-hmm. Menstrual cup for, for me and you who live in a home that has running water and access to running water continuously, mm-hmm. yeah. it's fantastic. For me, the menstrual cup is amazing. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. It's great. You literally put it in in the morning. You don't you don't feel like you're on your period and you don't have to worry about it until at night and you take it out. And you can even sleep with it in. It's made from silicone usually. It's fantastic. Okay. I use the Minakaf. They, they are amazing. I absolutely love it. But you're now talking about a community who may not have running water. So now how do you wash that cup? You can't. So you're putting that cup back inside you. You haven't washed your hands. You've taken it out. You've emptied it with your dirty hands. You're putting it back inside you with your dirty hands and you're causing an infection. So sometimes most of these communities, it's really, really hard for them to be able to use a menstrual cup. Again, same thing um, with the reusable sanitary pads. You take them off. You, I mean, you've been to a public toilet. Where do you wash it in a public toilet? And then you still have to wait for it to dry. So if you don't have a continuous supply of it, you don't have another one to change. And even then, again, the water issue becomes a thing. How do you wash it? You know, you barely have enough water to drink. That, that's drinkable water. So if, you could, if it's drinkable water, you're trying to drink it, you're not trying to wash your pads in it. So it's really, really hard. And it may not be... The, the most environmentally friendly solution right now, but we also do make sure that all the sanitary pads we buy are biodegradable. So we have to look at solutions um, in that sense, but this is the best solution for us right now. We have been into communities, we've researched this. Girls tell us they don't want to use the cup because they can't wash their hands. So they're walking out you know, with blood on their hands and they can't wash it. Um, and then they've already now inserted dirty hands inside yeah. their, their vaginas and, and that's not feasible for anybody and again they they had the same problem with the reusable pads so for us right now we're using that and due to a lot of cultural issues um we also have problems with donating tampons because the elders don't want to give us to give tampons to young girls to insert it inside of them they think they're they're breaking their virginity they're breaking the hymen so it's all of those discussions around the fact that inserting a tampon is not breaking your virginity inserting a tampon won't necessarily break your hymen it's it's all these continuous conversations all the time um with community leaders with parents i mean even if you look at, at the muslim community as well there's so much stigma around using a menstrual cup and and even if they can and have the facilities to use it they don't want to insert and they don't want anything inserted inside their daughters because they say they're losing their virginity which it's not um so there's there's so much around this i mean we can talk about this literally the whole day in terms of how it affects people and and what you you're using and and why we're doing it um but those are pretty much uh you know the issues that we deal with no, Farah, I can hear your passion in it. And I've definitely learned a lot from you today because 
you're right. You need to look at the infrastructure. You look, need to look at the economy. You need to look at the culture. And so it makes sense that you are choosing to do it in this way, to find biodegradable options. And, you know, as much as everyone's going towards tampons and, ca- and cups and all of that, mm-hmm. it does not work for these people who actually need this. Um, yeah. Farah, one last word for the listeners to just tell them, what would you like them to know when it comes to all things um, menstrual or period matters? Like what's one thing you'd like to leave them with as we close off the session today? Lobby your governments to make sanitary wear free. We have just gotten to a point in South Africa where the government has decided that's a, that sanitary pads aren't a luxury item. For all these years, all these years, we have been paying luxury tax on sanitary pads. That for me is the most insane thing in the world. I cannot understand. And it's only recently that they've agreed to take this tax off. Mm-hmm. And we are at a point where we need to make government realize that it's not about the argument, oh, condoms are free, so sanitary pads should be free. Condoms should be free and sanitary pads should be free. It's, it's not a one or the other. It's not a why are they free? Why shouldn't they? Why are these not free? Sanitary pads are a, a, a need in the communities. Sanitary pads are a need for women. We don't, we don't ask to get our periods every month. We don't ask for that. So why should we have to pay such extortionate fees in, in order to get something that protects me and, and catches my blood? Um, so lobby the governments. Put out the petitions. Speak on it. You know, use your social media. Use your voice to ask government why are these not provided free? It, we... If we look at it as, as, for instance, just providing sanitary pads for 30 million girls around South Africa, mm-hmm. we can do that. We can do that with the, our economy. There is, we will have budget for that. Mm-hmm. There is budget for so many other things. Why can't we provide just for school, even if it's just for school girls? We can do that. So... We need to look at all our resources, use your voice as much as you possibly can and ask government, why can't we have sanitary pads that are free? Love it. You heard it from her. Use your voice. Don't take it for granted. It is as a collective that we can actually make a change. Yeah. Farah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your passion. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for the education that you have given us today. I appreciate you. Thanks so much. That's Thanks it. for having me. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye.